ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of Monday Motivation. Hi everyone, this is Rabbi Garfinkel of Project 613 here in Chicago with, for the first time in a little bit of time, a live studio audience. Oh my goodness, that just broke your ears. I apologize, I gotta turn down the microphone on that one. All right, the live studio audience definitely was off the charts in terms of the volume. Okay, uh, thank you live studio audience. It is a pleasure to be back and Project 613 is rocking and rolling and we're on fire here, folks. It is unbelievable, so many amazing things today. Sunday, you know, we record Sunday night, so it'll be hot and fresh for you, your Monday morning. Monday Motivation, this Sunday, we had an incredible day. We began the day with an incredible young professional named Jordan Gould, who is friends with Garrett Schumann, who introduced us, and that's how we meet most of our young professionals. They're very happy with our wonderful programming, and therefore they say, hey, I have a friend, can he join? And we say, yes, of course, we would love to have him. And so Jordan living in South Bend, producing NBC Sports in South Bend. Yes, folks, for you football fans, that means he is the one producing the Notre Dame football pregame show for all you Notre Dame fans out there. Big deal. Okay, Jordan, very special young man, uh, came to us, was involved with our mentorship program. Our mentorship program has been an incredible, incredible part of our of our programming and has had a huge impact. We have J Jewish community members who are mentoring, not just connecting with the rabbis, but but amazing people within the Jewish community. And uh, we needed someone in sports, so we found someone incredible. Maybe we'll tell that story uh, another time. Anyway, uh, Jordan came with us to Spain on our summit, which you've all listened to on this podcast. And then uh, is now headed to Israel. But part of the summit experience is that if any of the guys did not have tefillin, who wanted tefillin, they would be sponsored by Olami and its donors. And the tefillin just arrived. And today we worked out that Jordan drove up from South Bend, Indiana, and he got his pair of tefillin. And at the synagogue, at Adas Yashurin, he got a blessing from Rabbi Zev Cohen, one of the great rabbis in America today. And the entire congregation danced and sang. It was so beautiful. And it was a day of first. First time putting on tefillin. First time getting a pair of tefillin of his very own. And it's also he left today for a trip to Israel. His first time in Israel. You know, folks, doing Jewish outreach, there's a lot of, you know, I call myself an honorary dentist. Pulling teeth working hard, trying to get people to do things. Come on, Jewish mom nudging. And days like today, when you see an incredible young professional like Jordan, truly incredible. First pair of tefillin, first time going to Israel for a learning Torah trip. It is truly, truly special. All right, and that was just the beginning of our day. And then the next part of our day, we went to the incredible wedding of Aviva and Shlomo Chertok. Aviva is the sister of Chaya. These are incredible people. The parents, Israel and Geula, 
the entire family has become observant, Torah observant, and truly incredible people, and uh, a soul connection we have with them. So mazel tov to them, and that's just one day in the life of Project 613. All right, so we are going to talk about the Big Ten here today. The Big Ten. I know all of you sports fans out there, you took the bait. You saw that little image, right? And you thought I was going to talk about football. <laughs> but I'm not. That was a little bait and switch, but that's okay. Uh, because maybe you realize that the rabbi is not necessarily going to do an analysis of the Big Ten football conference or other sports in the Big Ten, but to talk about the Big Ten commandments. Yes, in this last week's Parsha, Torah portion of the week, Parsha of Eschanan, the Ten Commandments come up again. Yes, they appeared the first time in Sefer Shmos, in the book of Exodus, in Parshas Yisro, the Torah portion of Yisro, and they are repeated this time. Now, fascinating, an entire study is that there are subtle nuances and differences between the two times that they are brought down. And it is, many forests have been felled with the amount of, uh, that has been written on the differences between the two sets of the Ten Commandments. The same commandments are there, but how they are expressed and what words, nouns, and verbs are used differs slightly. So between the two of them, you get a picture. It's like you take a, a photographer, takes a picture from one angle and then from another angle, and you put the two together and you get the right perspective. Okay, so let's start with the real most important question. How many commandments are there in the Ten Commandments? And the answer is not ten. It is not ten. Yes, it's not ten. Why would there be ten commandments in the Ten Commandments? All right, so basically we're condensing about an hour lecture down into our podcast, so we're going to cut right to the chase. Because the Ten Commandments is not really called that in Hebrew. The Torah itself, later on in Devarim, calls the Ten Commandments Aseris Hadvarim, the Ten Statements, the Ten Utterances, if I'm doing a Shakespearean translation. The ten utterances, the ten statements, and therefore there are ten statements, and it's not called the Aseris HaMitzvos, the ten commandments. It's called the ten statements. Now, so, why would there not be ten? Okay, because if you go through, there are two of the ten statements that contain multiple commandments. The second commandment against idolatry actually has four separate prohibitions of against idolatry, which is pretty incredible. What are they? It is that you shouldn't believe in any other gods. You shouldn't make an idol, an actual statue, and you should not bow down to them, i.e. worship them in normal ways. Bowing down is called a normal way. And also, you should, you should not worship them in strange ways. Idol worshipers were very bizarre in their idol worships. Some uh, threw stones at their idols. Others 
Um, obviously did, you know, human sacrifice. That certainly would be murdering as well. Others actually, mm, sorry to say this on online, would actually defecate in front of the idol. It showed your dedication that you're willing to embarrass yourself in front of your God. And so those are four separate, four separate individual negative commandments. Okay, so the second is the second one really has four in it. Okay, against idolatry. And then we have Shabbos. Shabbos has two commandments. One is to keep the Shabbos. Okay, and one is not to do any negative, any any prohibition, any work, excuse me. And so any malacha. Okay, so there are positive things we do on Shabbos. Dress nicely, eat better food, sleep in, do enjoy pleasurable activities, um, etc. Okay? Married, married couples have an extra mitzvah, extra emphasis on connecting um, in the intimate realm as well. It's Shabbos. There's that positive commandment about doing things that are just enjoyable. That's the positive expression of Shabbos. And the negative expression of Shabbos is all the things that we don't do on Shabbos. So Shabbos is two. So if you add up the extra three in the idol worship category and the extra one in the Shabbos category, you end up with actually 14 mitzvahs. You end up with how many commandments are there in the 10 commandments? There are actually 14. Isn't that cool? Except... That's not agreed upon to, by everyone. <laughs> of course. Why would that be agreed upon according to everyone? Because we're Jewish. And there's actually a machlokas. That's a very important word, especially as we learn Torah together. Machlokas means a disagreement. There's a disagreement about the first commandment. What is the first commandment? It says, I am the Lord your God. Pretty cool. I am the Lord your God that took you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Okay? So the commentators, the first question is, uh, what's the commandment? Hi, I'm the Lord your God. Great. Well, hi, my name is Rabbi Garbigo. Hi, my name is God. Great. When I introduce myself and I say, I am the Lord your, you know, I'm, no, sorry. When I say, I'm Rabbi Garbigo, I'm not the Lord your God. Uh, I'm just introducing myself. What mitzvah could there be that's associated with that? So the commentators explain that the mitzvah that is expressed by this statement is the mitzvah to believe in God. Okay? And this is what the Maimonides holds and Ramban holds. But the Ramban brings down an opinion by the Bahag, the Baal Hilchos Gdolos, who has a very famous opinion. who says, no, that cannot be a mitzvah of itself because you can't command someone to believe in you. You need them to a priori believe in you. Does that make sense? And it's I could someone down, walking down the street, right? And he says to you, I command you to go to the store. Like, excuse me? You have to be in a position of esteem in my eyes for you to command me to do something. 
And so therefore the Bahag says that the mitzvah, quote-unquote, to believe in God is a pillar that precedes the mitzvah. It's the basic assumption that you need to get off the ground. Why should I listen to this deity anyway? Because Anochi Hashem Elokecha Shehotzei I'm Lord your God that took you out of Egypt. You owe me everything, your life and your existence and everything, just as mom cooks dinner and wash the clothes and takes care of us and dad they all you know do everything they do for the children well why should i listen to them because you owe them you owe them a tremendous debt of gratitude someone saves your life you owe them whatever they want okay hashem took us out of egypt from certain physical and spiritual death and gave us the greatest moral compass in existence called the torah okay and so therefore the answer is that we owe Hashem a debt of gratitude, but that's not a commandment. It's an underlying basis of all the commandments for us to accept it. Okay, now that's a pretty good point. What would the Maimonides, Maimonides and Nachmanides, what would they say back? So we don't know exactly how they answer that question, but the Or Sameach, uh, the name uh, the name of the rabbi, Rameer Simchav Devinsk, who my yeshiva was named after, has an amazing statement. He says, basic belief in God, that's easy. That's easy. Anyone who looks at the world, anyone who looks at the, the natural world, it's, it's obvious. It just can't be. And this is before even the latest scientific discoveries. You look at a cell. Come on. There's no way. And don't get me started on that. That's a whole other podcast. There's no way that the Almighty is not having created this. God, a basic belief in God's existence is easy schmeasy. Just take an unbiased look at the natural world, your own body. As we said a few weeks ago, we have 60,000 miles of blood vessels in our bodies. That's twice around the world. Tell me that that just poofed into existence without a divine creator or designer, okay? You take, you could speak all day and all night. You're not going to get me to buy that because it's way too complex to have just poofed into mid midair. Okay, and so therefore that's easy, says the Yorosamech, you know what the real mitzvah is? The mitzvah is to grow in your faith, to become a greater believer, to look at your life and to see everything that happens and to connect the dots from years ago to now and you see the people you met and just by chance, quote unquote, it all comes together in one divine master plan. That is what it means, the mitzvah of faith. Okay, so therefore, at your next dinner party, say, hey, how many commandments are there in the Ten Commandments? And the person could say ten. You say, no, actually, it's a disagreement among the medieval Jewish authorities, the Rishonim, if it's 13 or 14. And you will win the sophisticated Jewish knowledge prize of that party, because that's really what it is. It's actually disagreement if there are actually 13 or 14 commandments in the 10 commandments, the 10 statements. All right. So there you have it. Now, uh, in the time remaining, I want to point out a few really, really cool things. Um, why are there two tablets? Right? Because God's a Jewish doctor. Take two tablets and call me in the morning. Right? No, that's not why. Why two tablets? Well, clearly God could not find one long tablet in the desert. Okay, Rabbi's getting a little silly here. No, there are two tablets because each of them express a realm, a focus of divine service. The first one are the mitzvahs ben adam lamakom, the mitzvahs that are 
our relationship with God. And the second second tablets are a relationship between other people. Now, if you look through it, there's a big question because the first one's belief in God. The second one is not believing in idolatry. The third one is not taking God's name in vain. The fourth one is Shabbos. And the last one is honoring your parents. So the question that all the commentators ask is, wait a minute, parents are people. So why are they on the God side of the tablets and not on the human side of the tablets? And in fact, I Google imaged this a few times and there's actually a Christian website that got this totally wrong. They put four commandments on one side and they took the bottom fifth one and put it on the top because they didn't understand what I'm about to tell you is that why are parents on the God side is because the parents are the vehicles through which godliness comes to the world. Parents have such a responsibility to teach their children about God, about spirituality, about mitzvahs and Torah, and our Jewish tradition goes back 3,800 years to Abraham. And if the parents aren't on board teaching, then... There is no God in these children's lives. And so therefore, we have a tremendous gratitude and the honor and respect we owe to the parents is, is really because they are the bridge. They are the ones that express divinity and teach divinity to the children. A very powerful reason to honor our parents. And so they're very, very much on the God side. In addition, the Gemara and Kedushin said that there are three partners to creating a child, a father and a mother, and Hashem and God himself. So therefore, when parents come together and create a beautiful Jewish child, that is God is a partner in that creation. So therefore, they deserve to be on the God side. All right. And in the remaining time, I'd like to talk about that the commentators then, if there are two, two tablets side by side, then therefore, you can go in any direction. You can go up and down and you go side by side. So let's try a little side by side. The first one is believe in God. And the sixth one, the top one on the left-hand tablet, is don't murder, not don't kill. There are times when killing is justified in a justified war, in self-defense. But this is don't murder, which means unjustified killing. So why? What's the connection between one and six? Is because God is the one who makes a human being. A human being is nothing more than a soul that is wrapped in a body. And by murdering someone and taking the divine spirit, the divine presence out of the world, you're literally killing a spark of divinity you're taking out of the world. The second one is you shouldn't have any false idols. And the seventh one is you should not commit adultery. And so therefore, it's clearly it's infidelity in the divine realm with false gods. And it's infidelity with God forbid, with another person outside of marriage. And therefore, that's why two and seven go together. Three is not taking God's name in vain. And the eighth one is do not steal, which really means don't kidnap, which means that what's the connection? That's a little random is because when we take God's name in vain, we're co-opting it and we're stealing God's authority to say, I believe this is true. I'm using God's name to say that blue is red or red is blue. And therefore, I'm stealing, I'm misrepresenting, I'm misappropriating that which, uh, that which should not be associated with God. And therefore, as well, that is what we're talking about, inappropriate boundaries when we talk about stealing as well. Okay, fourth one is 
the uh, Shabbos. And the ninth one is about testimony. Testimony, false witness, bear false witness, which means the following, an unbelievable thing. What are we doing when keeping Shabbos? We are testifying that the world did not just come into existence without a creator is that God created it. And that's why we stand when we make Kiddush on Friday night is because we're standing and giving testimony. And therefore that is the equivalent on the other side of the ninth commandment of not bearing false witness, giving false testimony in the human realm. Okay. The last one, five and 10, and we're going to wrap it up. Five is again, honoring your parents. And the 10th one is thou shalt not covet. You shouldn't want things that other people have. What is going on? What's the connection? And it's a little bit of what we said before. When we get down this mitzvah of honoring our parents, we, it all is based on gratitude that I don't deserve anything. It's all a gift. If I approach life that it's all a gift and everything my parents give to me is a blessing and it's a gift, then I approach the world with a grateful eye and then I can thank the Almighty. If I can thank people who physically give to me and I can see them giving, that's the stepping stone to be able to thank the entity that gives me everything that I can't see. Okay, and so that attitude is just the opposite of when you desire something, when you covet something, someone else means that not only am I not grateful for what I have, I'm upset at the, what the other guy has something good. It's a total selfish approach to life. The, uh, the midah, the character trait of honoring your parents is stems from gratitude and selflessness and the character trait of coveting stems stems from selfishness and self-centeredness and just to connect the dots back to the big 10 just as the big 10 conference no longer has 10 teams it's much more who knows what everyone's doing now so too it's a perfect analogy because our big 10 also have more than 10 commandments all right everyone Hope that wrap-up and round-up of the Ten Commandments is meaningful. Wishing everyone a fantastic, inspired, Jewish, uplifted, inspirational week ahead. And we'll see you back here next Monday for an exciting edition of Monday Motivation. God bless. (laughs) 